Welcome to the Striving from Stillness podcast, where you'll learn how to step out of overwhelm, anxiety, and stress so you can maximize the positive impact you have within your work, family, and community while fully enjoying your life. I'm your host, Anna Pantano, a certified mindfulness instructor and life coach. Every other week, you'll learn a new mindfulness practice to build the strong internal foundation needed to be productive and resilient from a place of peace. During the other episodes, I'll share valuable personal growth insights from my 20 years of obsessing over how to create a better life while staying deeply connected to my family and running a successful business. For today's episode, make yourself comfy and get ready to learn another powerful way to uplevel your life so you can thrive, not just survive. How many times have you had a big project or dream of doing or creating something that you keep talking about wanting to do? Maybe you even work on it from time to time, yet it never seems to get done. No matter what you do, it gets pushed to the side. Or when you create the time, you find it hard to focus. And before you know it, the hour, morning, or even day you set aside to work on it has slipped by. If you can relate to the scenario, you are not alone. It happens to the most of us, if not all of us, and it certainly happens to the best of us. So why is this and what can we do about it? There are a lot of reasons this can happen. One of the most common routes to this challenge is that when we are ready to embark on something new, we finally summon up the courage to take that first step or what we feel like will maybe even be the 75th step to accomplish something big that we know we want but haven't done it yet. That is our stress response. It'll kick in. It kicks in because doing something bigger or new is, well, scary. It is unknown, and for our brain and body, those feelings or thoughts of self-doubt and fear will ultimately signal to your brain that it needs to do its job. It needs to keep you safe. So it kicks in gear and starts to do what it thinks is best for you, and that is anything that will keep you in your comfort zone, anything that will keep you safe. This response, our stress and fear response, can look like avoidance, overwhelm, distraction, a hard time focusing, the sensation of spinning out maybe, maybe an anxiety or worry, and many other things that ultimately lead you to self-sabotage. What is key here is to learn what your unique response looks like. Sometimes it will be obvious, such as feeling stressed out, overwhelmed, anxious, or just plain worried and unable to move forward. But often it's a little sneakier than that, and it'll hide in unnecessary productivity, meaning you are in motion and getting things done, but they're not the right thing. My Aunt Kathy and I used to joke when I was in college that the house never was cleaner than when a paper or school project was due. All of a sudden, the dishes and the laundry were super important and needed to be done immediately, when ultimately it really was a form of distraction much like the urge to check and respond to text, email, scroll social media, maybe the news headlines, or watch just one more episode of that show you started the other day. As I got older, my distractions from what really needs to be worked on has gotten more and more sophisticated. The biggest one today is my tendency to reach for my planner and update it, combing through emails that need, well, not really, but quote unquote, need to be returned or gone through. Another sneaky one that has been happening more now that I've acknowledged that planning for me is sometimes simply a distraction, not really a necessity, 
but all of a sudden I need to, you know, get on that course that I hadn't completed yet, but I think I should do it right now. Or that book I'm reading for a book club, even though we're not meeting for another a week, it suddenly becomes super important that I get through the material and make sure I'm prepared. Luckily, because I've learned that I will use other things to make me feel like I'm being productive, such as planning or continuing education coursework as a distraction from what I really should be focusing on, I have learned to check in or at least limit my time around these types of activities to make sure it is actually necessary and I'm not just using it to avoid something more challenging and important. This happens most frequently when something is completely new to me, so the learning curve is huge, or when I get to that part of the project where I need to wrap up all the details. I honestly am more of a big picture person. I love looking at the big picture and how everything can work and dream and plan. I have learned though through trial and error that when I get to that spot that is tough, boring, or scary to me, I do have a tendency to distract myself with something that really doesn't need to be done and certainly doesn't contribute to the harder, push myself out of my comfort zone type of projects that will say actually bring in money for my business. Because for me, the planning and the continuing education around coaching, yoga, mindfulness, and even sometimes business is way easier. And it is disguised as something that makes it look like I'm being productive. Let me say that again. I end up ultimately distracting myself with something that makes it look like I'm being productive. Yet, it does not contribute to my ultimate or end goal and it completely ignores a project that when I have gotten clear on my current direction, I have certainly put at the top of my priority list. James Clare actually talks about this in his book, Atomic Habits. And when I read it, it hit me hard. I was so guilty of doing this. I believe he called it being in motion. Being in motion so it looks like you are productive. You feel like you're being productive. But in reality, you're avoiding and distracting yourself from doing hard things that if you're really honest with yourself, maybe scare you a little bit or possibly a lot. They may either be something you have said that you really want or something that needs to be done, like those not so fun taxes or avoiding opening the mail because you don't have the money to pay the bills or knowing you need to have that difficult conversation with a loved one, but you just have been so busy that there hasn't been time to do it. Side note, if you're avoiding the hard things that need to be done, always finding other things and doing other things before it, you're typically paying an unseen price with your energy by not taking care of these things. Our body and our brain does not like it when things are left undone or unsaid. No matter what you do, they are there and they typically cause an underlying stress, agitation, and or energy drain that just does not go away, or at least not for long until they are handled. For me, wanting to reclaim my energies these days is enough to gather up whatever courage and resources needed to take care of these not so fun, but necessary type of things. The other reason we tend to avoid and distract is when we have the desire to bring something new into our life, complete a new project or achieve a bigger goal, such as change careers, launch a new project or product, go back to school, or buy our first home, for example. We avoid it because we're unsure of how to do it, and we probably have some underlying fear that either we will fail, and in the business world, it is even common for entrepreneurs to be scared that it might succeed to the point where they can't handle the incoming business or success. 
Sounds silly, I know. We all want success, right? But being afraid that something will succeed beyond our wildest dreams is a real fear for many. Because whether it is success or it is failure, it is the unknown and it is out of our comfort zone. And that goes against everything your brain is trying to do for you. It wants you to be comfortable. It wants you to feel safe. But as we all know, comfortable doesn't always equal right or even good. For me, this avoiding but productively avoiding still shows up. And to some degree, it probably always will. Right now, at the time of this podcast recording, I'm at a crossroads where I know what path I want to take for my business. I know with every cell of my body that it is my next best step, at least for now, but it is another level of commitment. It is yet another thing that I have not done before, and I absolutely do not know how to do everything I will need to do to make it happen. And I'm definitely scared that it will fail. I will fail. Yet, Luckily, this isn't the first time, and I'm sure it won't be my last time, that I decide that I'm going to embark on a project that is, well, way out of my comfort zone, and honestly, out of my scope of knowledge. And luckily, history has shown me that everything can be figured out. I may not know the answer, the how-to, but I know that most things in life can be figured out with enough time, commitment, and willingness not to give up. And that mindset I think is one of the big keys to being able to take on different new and scary projects, just knowing that you know how to figure something out. But even with that knowing and all that in place, sometimes it feels like I'm fighting a battle with myself, with my own tendency and ability to look like I'm being super productive. And I am, but if I'm honest, not always on the right things. Luckily, I have gotten pretty good at recognizing my go-to distraction of planning, which includes planning the small daily details all the way to the big grand projects and ideas. Like I said, one of my favorite places to live. But time in history has taught me if I spend too much time here, I will have a phenomenal life and business on paper. But that's about it. It will live on paper or maybe a vision board if I'm feeling creative. So even though the planning, brainstorming, and reflecting is an important part of designing a life you truly love, I have learned that at least for me, I can tend to spend too much time planning and too little time executing. And like I mentioned, I have recently noticed that one of my other to-go-tos is to spend time on coursework to add on to coaching, mindfulness, or business skills. And don't get me wrong, they are great skills to learn, but they are definitely not in the urgent category or even in the needs to be done in the next couple months category. They are far rocks and nice to have or do, but they absolutely have nothing to do with what I'm trying to launch before this summer. And I'm all too aware at this point in my life that I'm doing it in order to avoid working on the harder and scarier things. Can you relate to this at all? This knowing you need to really or want to work on a bigger goal you have for yourself, yet time and time again, the day or even the week flies by and you know you were busy, you were in motion, but at the end of the day, you really don't know what you accomplished, especially on that thing that was so and is so important to you. If you can't relate, I would love to know your secret because I think this is pretty common. I think most of us go through it, or at least most my friends, business colleagues, and clients do. 
This month, when I realized I was doing this again, avoiding what really needed to get done to focus on coursework that doesn't need to be done anytime soon, I had to have a little talk with myself and get really clear on what needed to be focused on first. Now, if you are not sure what you need to be or want to be focusing on first, I'm going to share a little exercise with you that can help give you some of that clarity. But if you know, you need to take steps to ensure you keep reminding yourself that this is what needs your attention. For me, I need to remind myself to focus any time I have that is not spent taking care of clients, kids, or any other truly necessary thing in my life is I need to focus on launching my membership program. One of the ways I'm doing this is actually just kind of old school, a big, bright sticky note in my planner that says memberships, founding members launch first in all caps. Does that mean that is the only thing I'm doing? No way. Life is messy and any parent, entrepreneur, and let's get real, any person knows that it isn't that simple. We have life and obligations to tend to, but it is a reminder every time I have a free hour, instead of thinking, oh, well, I could listen to the next class recording and submit the quiz that goes along with it. For example, I ask myself, what is one thing I could do to get me closer to launching the membership? I'm constantly training myself to stop getting distracted and to refocus on the number one goal I have right now. The add-on to this is to remember that every time we are doing something new, scary, or uncomfortable, our brain is going to jump at the opportunity to keep us safe, which unfortunately in the situations mean it will initiate the stress response, which depending on your personality will have you doing one or all or some version of the following. You could be easily distracted, avoid what you need to do. Maybe you feel scattered or overwhelmed to the point where you find it hard to do much at all. You know that time you sat down to work on something but couldn't figure out where to start, what to do, and before you know it, an hour had gone by and you looked down to realize you got almost nothing done. Well, that's a pretty common scenario, especially when you're in your stress response. So first, and actually always, that constant step is to manage your stress response. That can look like a lot of things, but for example, before you even start, if you know this is something new and unknown to you, you could take six to 10 deep breaths, make your exhale longer than your inhale, and then set a timer at a minimum to do that every 50 minutes. And if before that 50 minutes is up, If you start to feel agitation or that urge to grab your phone to check your text, or you recognize that you're getting distracted, take another six to 10 breaths. Keeping the nervous system in check will help you keep moving forward. If you wait until you're stuck, it is a lot harder to recover. So learning how to manage your nervous system, keeping it out of the stress response as much as possible will help you to focus on what you need or want to get done. So what happens though, if you're not exactly sure what is your big project or goal that you want to work towards. Earlier, I promised an exercise that can help you find clarity. And even if you think you know what your goal is, yet you find yourself questioning it, maybe if you should start or be working on something else in the moment, or like me, notice that you're spending hours working on some continuing education course that might not need to be done and actually really doesn't need to be done right now. Or one of those other 100 things we can do to distract ourselves, like Organizing the closet, again, the social media, email, text, you can use this exercise to recalibrate. And if you think everything is important and want to work on 
it all, I first encourage you to dig deep and ask yourself if that is really true. And then remember that we can get more done if we can narrow our focus. It doesn't mean you can't do it. You just can't do it all at once. Author and speaker Gabby Bernstein was once coached after reaching burnout that she needed to focus on less at a time, and this would actually be the key to getting more done. He told her five things a day max that she could put on her list. And I would add that if you have kids that still need your daily attention, that probably should be at least one of your five, if not two, depending on if you're the primary caregiver or not. This exercise is similar to a brain dump or mind map, but done in two different ways so you can get the benefit of both your thinking brain and the wisdom that our body and heart has to offer. If you're a little skeptical that the body and the heart has something to offer, that doing both would be helpful or provide some different insights, I encourage you to put on your curiosity hat. Give this a try and see what happens. I think you might be pleasantly surprised. Both the brain dump and the wisdom from our body and heart is important. Some of it may even overlap, but relying solely on our thinking brain to figure everything out typically does not lead to success, or at least in my experience, not as much, not as much success, ease, or joy. The shortest path to uncovering your true north or aligning with who you authentically are is found when we can tap into everything our mind and body has to offer. So if you want to give this a try, you'd want to grab two pieces of paper. You want to be able to look at the two sheets side by side so you compare and contrast what your findings are. So writing on the back of the paper can make that a little bit more challenging to do. Or of course, you could use one piece of paper and cut it in half, but I tend to write a lot. So two pieces of paper works better for me. Then decide what your question is. For me, it was, what are my next steps? What do I need to be focusing on now in regard to my business? Recently, I did this exercise, even though I was pretty confident about what I should focus on, but there are a lot of possible projects and opportunities that have been coming my way lately, and I was starting to get distracted, or at least worried about missing out on an opportunity by focusing so heavily on the membership launch. So I did this in the hopes of either discovering something new gaining more clarity, or really being able to reassure myself that this is what I'm focusing on now when the doubt started to creep in. To start the exercise, draw in the center of both papers a circle, just like you would in a mind map. At the top of the first paper, write mind map, for this is for your thinking brain, and the second, write body wisdom. Then write your question in each circle. It should be the same or at least very similar for both. Many of you have probably done a mind map or brain dump before, but essentially you want to take some time to write out all the things that come to mind around your question. Like spokes on a wheel that may start to look like a web, write out everything that you've been thinking. Some examples for mine, which was about the next steps for the business was launch membership. Then it had its own limbs or lines that came out of that as well. The key things that need to take place to make that happen. I also had on there finish heart math and brain longevity therapy training. They were both on there as well as new local office setup, revamp my website, group classes, lead generation, and so on. They were all on there. Once you feel complete with your brain dump, take a moment to circle or highlight the top three, five at the most things you want to focus on first, starring the number one, if possible. And I really urge you to try to pick the number one. After that, 
take a moment to get still and connect to your heart, your gut, and the deeper knowing that you hold within your body. If you don't already have a practice to do this, you want to do something that really helps ground you, makes you feel connected to the heart and completely present with yourself and whatever your truth is. It can be as simple as putting one hand on your heart, one hand on your belly, and then breathing into those spaces until you feel the body start to soften. If you still are unsure of what might work for you and would like more guidance, I recommend you try one of these practices from the podcast. One, the first one is on Valentine's Day, episode 19. There is a guided practice there to connect to your heart space or the guided practice in episode 15, which was released on January 19th or episode five, which walks you through a simple body scan that was released on November 17th. Once you have completed your practice to help you connect to your heart and body wisdom, go to the second paper, read the question, and map out everything that is coming up from that space. There may be some overlap, but there also will most likely be some new stuff that presents itself. You hopefully will start to notice when you shift out of that space that grounded the heart space from the body space, your truth, into your thinking brain. If you notice you're doing that while you're doing the second part, take a moment to pause, reconnect to the body, and then start again. Once you feel complete on this one, the body wisdom map, circle the one to five things that stand out as being most important, and then compare the two and reflect on the difference or the similarities and ask yourself again, what you need to do, what you need to set as your number one priority. For me, when I did this exercise, the biggest thing that came out of the second part where I tapped into my heart and body is that there is no need to rush in regard to finishing my extra training. On my paper, I actually wrote, it is okay to wait. Fall is great. That's what presented itself. And this clarity and permission to set it aside for now was exactly what I needed that day to get myself back on track and fully focused on my launch versus either allowing myself to get distracted with other things, or even just having that nagging voice in my head, or that running list that the courses were living on. The permission to wait was key. And the fact that it was what was aligned with my heart and body made it even more powerful. This is just one of the many exercises out there that can help you with clarity, focus and direction. And I hope you'll give it a try. I'll put the steps in the show notes so you can reference them from there. The biggest lesson in all of this though, at least for me and maybe for you, is in building the awareness of how our brain in the most loving way can self-sabotage us when we're reaching out for that big goal, that change in our life that will make an impact. Just knowing that whenever we're doing something out of our comfort zone, no matter how right or good it is for us, that your brain is going to unfortunately, and again, in the most loving way, It's going to kick in and try to keep you safe. This knowledge makes it possible to choose a different path. You can learn how to work with your nervous system. I know you can. You can learn how to work with it so that you can take the next step and then the next towards that life, business, or big change that you've been dreaming about. You can train your brain to refocus, then refocus again on the tasks that are most important to you. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes. And before you know it, you will accomplish more than you ever thought possible. 
Thank you for joining me today on Striving from Stillness. If you found value in this podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you would rate and review it on Apple Podcast or simply share with a friend. It helps the podcast grow so more people can find it and it won't take you long. I sincerely appreciate your support from the bottom of my heart. I hope you'll join me again as we explore how to be productive, successful, and happy from a place of peace. I believe if you found this podcast, there is something wonderful tugging on your heart that will make this world a better place. I hope I can support you on your journey to get your work and your gift out into the world so you can make the impact and difference you were born to make.